It's Tuesday, and that means it's Just Between Us, which is just for Bulwark Plus members. So welcome, everyone. I am delighted to be doing this this time with my friend and colleague, A.B. Stoddard. A.B., welcome to Just Between Us. It's a delight to be with you, Mona. I'm excited. And happy third anniversary of Trump's second acquittal in the Senate. Somebody had written that. I just noticed it. Uh, (laughs) One of the many sort of origin stories of why we are where we are today, if they had just had the courage to impeach and remove him, or at least forbid him from holding office in the future, which would have been so easy, and they didn't do it. Mona, I only hope when this crosses my mind, and it does often, that Mitch McConnell thinks about it half as much oh. as I do. And it, it bothers his bowels <laughs> half as much as it racks my soul. That's all I ask. Good for you. I completely agree. Okay. The other thing I'd love to talk about a little bit is a little bit of a moving thing. And that is, you know, we have seen... Putin commit another one of his cold-blooded murders of his chief political rival, Alexei Navalny, who was in a prison camp that was north of the Arctic Circle. So, you know, the Russians are not that different from the Soviets. I mean, the same camps, the same treatment, and they have been starving him you know, for two years, uh, he was getting thinner and thinner. And now they've killed him. It looks like poisoning. Um, But his wife has released a video that is unbelievably inspiring. And I don't know where people like this get the strength, but did you see the video by any chance? I've read the transcript of the translated remarks. Right, right. Okay. Well, so she says things like, Vladimir Putin killed half my soul, half my heart, half my life, but he cannot kill what we're trying to create together. And she, you know, basically said she's stepping into her husband's shoes to the degree that she can. And she's trying to become another figure that the opposition can rally around. So there are a few people on earth today who are showing that you can still be inspired by political figures, that you can still admire people who are seeking power or who have power. One is Ukrainian, (laughs) Volodymyr Zelensky, and the other two that I can think of are Russian. Well, there's more than two Russians. I mean, there's also Vladimir Karamurza, but I can't think of an American. It's hard. It's hard to, it's really hard just to, to find courage here. Obviously, we're not going to see it at that level because we're not facing. Well, of course. Right? I mean, I did expect Navalny's widow to come out and say, well, his dying message, right? Because after he was poisoned, he went back to Russia knowing he would eventually be killed. And his kind of bumper sticker was that he told his followers and his supporters and everyone who wanted a freedom in Russia, you cannot give up. We knew that that was infused in her and that that was going to be, you know, what she said, that her husband gave his life. 
she's not allowed to give up because he asked everyone yeah. else not to give up. And so it's incredibly powerful and moving. It's heartbreaking. Uh, but it is, like you said, is so inspiring because she has something that's so much larger than her own personal tragedy to cling to and to be energized by and to devote her life to. And that's what she talks about, that Putin's not going to kill their thirst for freedom and the fight. Everyone should take it in. I plan to watch it later, but I wanted to absorb it in English. And I was racing to read a bunch of things, but it made me cry. And I look forward to sort of taking it in when I'm not putting makeup on. But yeah, it is a lesson for us all at this moment where we're watching just an outbreak of cowardice that's really having devastating effects, obviously, not only in Ukraine, uh, because we're not coming to their defense and we've come late and it's on delay and we hope it hasn't come to an end. But people in this country are watching part of our government just fold in in fear of Donald Trump and refuse to take care of our own national security interests, which is the defense of Ukraine. So it's, it's, it's just a very surreal and very disheartening time to watch her talk about her husband being killed. So, uh, by the way, her her affect, I mean, she's so dignified and beautiful. I mean, she's just, she's amazing. All right. But she was at the Munich Security Conference when she got the word about his death. One of the things that's come out since that conference is a number of the participants have said that there were stories circulating that Ukrainian soldiers at the front are in the mud, in the, you know, midst of of fighting, being very careful about how many missiles they fire because they don't have them, they don't have enough, and checking their phones to see what's going on in the U.S. Congress. You know, are we going to come to their defense or not? And, you know, that really is just, I still have trouble wrapping my mind around the fact that this is the United States of America. But when we were texting each other, A.B., you said something about, you know, Johnson and where things stand in the House. I know you cover the House closely. So what do you think? I mean, what's going to happen? I really wonder how Speaker Johnson, who was in Mar-a-Lago yesterday. Oh, that's a good sign. Having absorbed everything that happened at the the conference in Munich I wonder how he's feeling about the fact that that was one of the anecdotes that came out. Senators told the press that anecdote that they had heard about the battlefield in Ukraine. And of course, right, of course, they're running out of munitions and, they're de- and they just lost another city. All of this is happening in a five-day period. I mean, Tucker just left Moscow and Putin's election is coming and all of this happens in between. And Speaker Johnson knows knows that. He put out a a very strong statement saying that Putin needed to meet unified opposition from the free world after he killed Navalny. He put that on on Friday, but he is in Mar-a-Lago on Monday on President's Day with Trump, being told, obviously, not to help the Ukrainians. The same day that Trump put out a statement just musing about Navalny's sudden death, which is the propaganda terminology for um, his disappearance, his poisoning, his his murder. And I'm also struck before I talk about the House, when you were saying 
just the, the idea of Navalny's wife being there as she becomes his widow, learns of this, and she still carries on. And Senator Lindsey Graham could not show up at this conference because he has been so co-opted and corrupted by either fear or ambition or a combination of both. He said he had to go to the border, Mona, because that's where he needed to be because there's an invasion of our country. Lindsey Graham would have, in the middle of a highway, and risked being killed by speeding trucks to make it to a mu- the conference in Munich. Okay, in a, a past a, life. any other point in his career yeah. until now. So we're at a situation now where a lot of people are hoping that there will be pressure that builds because of the last four days on Speaker Johnson to bring some kind of aid bill, if not the Senate package, some kind of version of it. There is a, what we might call a skinny package that has a little border stuff that would make enough people they hope happy because it would include remain in Mexico, which is something that Trump did that Biden, that wasn't in this last deal. And it would provide aid to Israel, Taiwan, and Ukraine, but it's far less money. And it's sort of like a wimpy half deal. If you enjoyed this preview of Just Between Us, you can hear the full episode by becoming a Bulwark Plus member today.